there is nothing worse than potential unrealized. We all have things that hold us back. What if we could find a way to get us unstuck? I'm Lachelle Weeby, and I am going to walk alongside you as you make the decision to get unstuck. Tune in as I help you realize that you are not alone, inspire hope, and offer practical solutions to help you step boldly into the life that you are meant to live. Hey everyone, welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. And today I have a special guest, Sarah Light with me. Now you guys, I have mentioned Sarah's Soul Planner in a couple of our episodes because I have found it to be such an amazing tool to help me get organized with all of the craziness that I'm trying to juggle. And Sarah is, in my opinion, an expert on planning your day, planning your year, making sure that you're using your mindset in order for you to continue to move yourself forward as you plan your day, as you plan your month, as you plan your week, as you plan your year. And girl, I am so excited to learn from you today, to hear from your heart, and to kind of help anybody who's out there who is kind of stuck in this time management trap and it's preventing them from kind of living out their dreams. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I know there's a lot of go-getters on here, so I'm excited to chat. Absolutely. Okay, so Sarah, I want you to help our audience kind of get to know you a little bit more. I know that you are a mama. How many kiddos do you have? I have four kids. Oh my gosh. So you're not busy at all. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm getting awesome sleep. (laughs) And Sarah, tell us about your company. Okay, so I have created a paper planner. So it's a paper planner company called Soul Planners. It's S-O-L, like the sun, because the sun determines our day. We rise and fall with the sun. I was originally in direct sales. I was a leader in direct sales for eight years. And in that season, I was always just looking for a planner. I had a lot to hold on my schedule. I had a lot of phone calls and appointments I was growing my family and my family was busy. My husband is in full-time ministry. So things were full and I was always kind of, I had post-its and napkins and papers like (laughs) with me all the time, journals and would sometimes run out the door without like one of those things. And I was just trying to get a system that held everything together. And eventually I ended up putting together the soul planner just for my computer, cut, paste, go, run to Kinko's, get it copied. And then more and more people would like look over their shoulder and like, what is that? Can I have one? And eventually came to a place where I decided I needed to get it like professionally printed and manufactured because there's a lot of women out there in the same position as I was. Yeah, absolutely. And I got to just put a plug in for the Soul Planner because I use my calendar on my phone a lot, Mm -hmm. but there is so much to be said about having something paper where you can write down on the list and you can physically cross it off. And your planners are so beautiful. Like they're so beautiful. And even the box that it comes in is like matching the branding, (laughs) like down to the detail, girl. And I've had so many people comment on my planner when I'm carrying it around with me that I'm giving out your link constantly. And so one of the things that I really love about your planner, in addition to just the logistics of running a planner, is the coaching part that is involved in it. So tell me a little bit about how that got started. Yes. Okay. So I was in a place where I had reached some big goals in my business, and then I was like missing a lot of goals. And it was like straight up and then straight down. Mm -hmm. And I was stuck in the valley for a while. Yeah. And I was not sure 
how to move forward and how to reach these goals. And honestly, it was stuck in my mind because I was like, just feeling like a failure, honestly, and not sure how to overcome like the fear of failure. And so I just started doing research. I was, you know, when you hit bottom, you're like, okay, I'm either just going to sink here or I'm going to (laughs) figure out how to swim back to the top. Absolutely. And so I just started doing a lot of research and I researched since I was in direct sales, I researched like top network marketers, just top successful people. Like Darren Hardy was one person, a program I went through and just started reading books and listening to, I want to say podcasts, but this was before podcasts. It was yeah. like literally CDs in my car, like, <laughs> listening to motivational speeches and just trying to find like, what's the common denominator between all these successful people and what do I need to do and change in order to become successful? And I just started noticing a trend with the way they manage their time and mm. what they focused on each day. Oh my gosh. And I just took note of that, made a couple changes and really started. I did start noticing growth in my business. I started reaching more goals. And, but the biggest thing is like my, the quality of my life improved. I wasn't just like going to the top and sacrificing all else, but my relationships were more rich. I was just enjoying the journey. The goal almost like didn't mean as much to me, but then I was like reaching the goal too, Mm, if that makes sense. That's amazing. And I love that you and I can connect on that because one of the reasons that I started the Unstuck podcast, as I've already shared with you, is that I noticed this common theme in the things that I was reading, the things that I was listening to, the conversations I was having, and it was that successful people are not willing to be stuck in the victim mode, right? But they're willing to figure out a way to get out of it. And so that was the theme that I had, which is consistent with what you're doing, right? You're like, I saw where I was. I knew I didn't want to stay there. I'm going to figure out how to get myself out of there. But I love also that your lens in which you were looking at all of your stuff was really to try to meet your need at the time, which is the time management part. So what were some of those key takeaways that you took from studying successful people in their time management? So the biggest thing, it was they focus on less. That was, I was surprised yeah. by that. It wasn't like they had a system where they could just do all of all the things all at one time. Yeah. Like a, a super sweet multitasking skill. Yeah. It was that they eliminated or delegated a lot of things. And they really only focused on very, very few things. And like to actually implement that into your life is very, very challenging because you have to be willing to let important things go. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to let some things go that other people think are important. Right. And then it's just not culturally normal to be different and to do that. Right. It's culturally normal to just be complacent, drift from thing to thing, react. And so to be different and prioritize and say no to things it really makes you face like how important is this? How much do I want to grow? Uh, Because it's going to take some growth to be able to say no and to do just a few things. So, and obviously that requires you to get really clear on like what is important. So you know what to say yes and and no to, and to know like, how do I want to show up? What do I want my life to look like? Where am I going? Where am I headed and why? So that was one thing is just saying no to things and just saying yes to only the most important things. And you know, that's so interesting that you say that because we hear all the time that people that are successful are willing to do what others aren't. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes is you have to be willing to disappoint people. 
And that's been a journey that I've been on because there are going to be times where you have to say no to people. You're going to have to say no to things. You're going to have to delegate things. You're going to have to unprioritize things. And the risk to that is disappointing people, but remembering your clear goal and being okay with occasionally disappointing people for the greater goal is something that we have to be willing to do. And it's so interesting that we're having this conversation because going into 2020, my word of the year was free. I wanted to free myself of the hustling for the sake of hustling. And I think that that's a common misperception is that in order for us to be successful, we have to hustle 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's so not what you find in really successful people. Yes, it's so interesting. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, all right. What ways do you think you could help somebody really try to to implement that? Because like you said, it sounds great in theory. Yes. How does somebody actually break down that process to implement it? Yes. So I would start with, okay, every Sunday I just make a brain dump list and I don't judge my brain dump list. I don't judge it by like, is this important? Should I delegate this? I just dump it all out. And just because everyone can start, everyone's brain is overloaded with information and to do's and things to remember and people to call back. And so to, to consistently just start brain dumping every week. Uh, because if you do it every week, like it, the clutter really does leave your brain yeah. and you're really freed up. Really, your creativity comes out more. Mm-hmm. You are more present with people. But to really practically implement this once you do your brain dump is to rank the items, decide the items that you're actually going to do. Sometimes you just need to get out of your brain. Right. Things that's left that you're like, okay, this is my to-do list for the week. Rank them. Rank the things by how important they are. And that takes some thinking and some soul searching sometimes to look at them and, and declare, these are my top three things this week that I'm, I'm going to honor these priorities. These are most important. But once you identify them, it's actually really freeing because it does guide a lot of your decisions. The hard part is deciding what those things are. Right. But once you decide them, throughout your week when you're given opportunities, you know, if it lines up with those priorities or not, um, you can choose to say yes or no. Yeah. And I think that that is something that's really hard to do, especially if you're a listener and you're an overachiever like I am Mm -hmm. and you want to get all the things done. And then it's almost like a game to get even more done than what I planned on doing. And that just like leads to burnout really fast. And so looking at your list and saying, okay, if I only got three things done this week. Yeah. Like, what three things would those be if everything else had to go away? And that's really hard, but it's really important, like you said, because focused energy, focused time is going to be so much more fruitful in the long run than spreading yourself thin because none of us are really that good at multitasking. We might think we are, but we're not. We're not. Not at all. (laughs) And one of the (laughs) things that you mentioned is delegation. I think that sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard for us to give up control, Mm -hmm. but it's really freeing once we find people that are equipped to help us. Yes. Absolutely. I agree. And one of the things that I recently had heard, and I think that this is kind of in line with our conversation, is one thing to remember is that when we fill up every single minute of our day with all the things, Mm -hmm. we don't leave any room for God to do his work. Mm -hmm. And so if I will go into my week, let's just say I am working my full-time job as a nurse anesthetist right now. I'm a mama. I'm doing all the things and I'm trying to, uh, I am running one business. I'm starting another. 
And it's like all of the things. And Mm -hmm. so I have to tell myself, okay, aside from my anesthesia job and my mommy job, how many hours a day am I devoted to working on my businesses? And then I have to be really good at keeping that the exact number that I've said I was gonna. So if it's three hours a day on top of my full-time job, I have to be really good at boundaries because the rest of my day, then I can give it up to God and let him do his amazing things instead of trying to feel like I have to take it all on myself. So I really liked that because it kind of gave me permission to be productive yet to not have to make my own productivity my idol. Yes. Some people struggle with saying no because they do think like, well, I should be willing and able to serve everybody always. Mm -hmm. And their heart really is like service to other people. And so you do need to check your heart. What are you saying yes and no to and why? Because I'm on the opposite. I love to say no to things. (laughs) And sometimes I have to say, is this something I need to say yes to for the sake of somebody else? So it really, like, you can't judge someone else for what they're saying yes or no to. You can only look at your own heart and ask yourself why you're saying yes or no. Because you might be saying yes to too many things Mm -hmm. as an overachiever, or you may be saying no to too many things out of of running out of resources. Mm, Yeah, that's really good. Okay, Sarah. So in your expertise after (laughs) studying, because you did, you studied all of these experts on time management as you were developing your own planner. What are some things that you have encountered both with yourself and the people that you talk to that seem to be a common stumbling block for people that we haven't already talked about? Okay. Number one, as distractions. We all <laughs> get distracted. I even sent on a survey last year, like what's the number one thing holding you back from your goals? By far was distractions. I'm just distractions everywhere. I know what they are and I can't fight them or I don't even know where I'm getting distracted. I just mm-hmm. know I'm getting distracted. Yeah. So that is a, a big, big, big thing. And I think that there's, I don't know if, if everyone is familiar with the term time blocking, mm-hmm. but that is one practical solution to distractions because we are human, we're finite, we're limited, we can't, our attention span is limited. We will just get distracted. Right. But to have a time set aside each day to work on deep work or on things that you need to focus, that way you're only fighting the distractions for, it could be a short block. It could be 15 minutes, could be Mm -hmm. 30 minutes, could be an hour. You're getting a lot of good work done in that time. And then there's flexibility in the rest of your day because you got the most important things done. Right. So you're saying that, you know, commit to doing something for 15 minutes, maybe put your phone in another room or put it on do not disturb and do not let yourself get sucked into the scroll of social media or any of the things, but really concentrating hard on one activity for 15 minutes will make you more productive than trying to do that halfway for an hour. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And the key is to really, truly be undistracted for that block of time because it's not about getting more things done in that block of time. Like that, that's the temptation. It's not Mm -hmm. to try to get as many things done in that one block of time. It's getting the right things done. It's being wise about your time and energy in that time. Like what is going to bring you to the highest point of contribution to the world in that time. And just distractions cannot be allowed in that time block not even a little bit. If you allow yourself to get distracted, like just, I'm just going to check one email. I'm just going to open Facebook (laughs) just to see if this person responded. Like just start the time block over or do it a different day. Like train your mind that distractions 
is not okay in your time block. It takes a lot of discipline because I've been totally guilty of that. Like, oh, I'm just going to check my email. And then before I know it, my brain automatically goes to my Facebook notifications and then my LinkedIn notifications. And it's like, where did that all go? Right. And I I think that one of the things that I've heard about time blocking that's really helpful as well is that when you pick one activity, Mm -hmm. you can get in the flow of that activity. So like, for example, today after you and I get done talking, the rest of my day is going to be concentrated on my landing pages. And I'm going to do three landing pages instead of one each day of the week because I'm going to be in the flow. I'm going to get that creativity. I'm going to get the processes down. And I'm going to pick one activity that I'm going to do for an extended period of time so that I can be more efficient. And that's kind of, for those of you guys who have not heard of time blocking, those are just a couple of idiosyncrasies around the activity, around the no distractions, around the time blocking, specifically 15 minutes on this activity at this time is really going to help you. Yeah. Okay. So aside from distractions, what else have you noticed that people get hung up on? The other thing I've been noticing just as I'm building a, a planner business is that a lot of times we don't measure progress or the things that we're working on are so long-term might take 50 hours Mm. to complete this project. Yeah. Yeah. Like start a business. Like that is such (laughs) a big task. Oh my gosh. Like how do we measure progress? And when you progress is just one of the most, the feeling of progress is one of the most effective feelings that a human being can have. It's so motivating. And so to be aware, like, how could you measure progress on a really big task? How could you break it down so you're seeing yourself make progress on it? The motivation that you'll receive from that progress, I can't explain how powerful that motivation is. You'll want to keep going. And the great news is that you don't need to do a lot. You don't need to have a three-hour time block every day to make progress. Just a little bit of consistent action every day, you'll feel it. You'll feel the progress. You'll feel the motivation. You'll be able to keep going. It's easier to keep going once you're moving forward. Mm -hmm. It's easier to pick up where you left off yesterday if you're only moving a little bit forward instead of like doing deep work for five hours once a month. Like that's a lot harder to get like back into it. Right. But if you just do a little bit every day, you'll be surprised at how much progress you'll make over the year. And one thing I will say a paper planner helps with that because you're, it's pen to paper. You're actually seeing the progress of checking things off. You're seeing what you did yesterday to know like, Oh, I already did that. Like that, that is a motivating piece of a paper planner. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I love about your planner specifically is that you leave space for a a grid or kind of like a bullet journal kind of place. And for those of you guys who don't know what that means, it's basically just these tiny little dots that allow you to be able to make the paper, make the space, whatever you need it to be. So for me, I've created little habit trackers where I color in each day to make me be able to have a physical marker that I'm creating these habits. But that's a great place that you could also create bigger milestones, like bigger steps in a big process that you can see yourself over the course of a month or quarter or whatever, see yourself meeting these big milestones because you're right. So many times we don't stop to celebrate what we're accomplishing. We're just on to the next thing. And then that's where we get burnt out. Yeah. That's the biggest change I made in the planner this year is creating 
I, and I've never seen it actually in any planner anywhere, a place to measure progress throughout the year on your goals. When I took a survey at the beginning of this year, I was shocked when I saw that most people make a goal in January and never look at it again. And I, okay, I know like that's normal in like normal life, but yeah. this was a group of like small business owners, go-getters, goal-oriented individuals. Yeah. And they said that they make a goal and they never look at it again. And like my heart sunk because I'm like, oh my gosh, I work so hard because I want people to reach their goals. Yeah. And I can't believe like they have, they just need a little bit more help with the progress piece to, to, to see the goal happening throughout the year. Most people don't know how to break it down. So I think this year is going to be real. I'm excited to see the goals that will be accomplished. Oh my gosh, me too. Okay. So if you were to give someone some advice, because let's say they came to you, Sarah, and they're like, oh my gosh, like I know that there's something in my life that I'm meant to do that's big, Mm. but I'm overwhelmed, right? Like I'm a mom, I'm working a job. I don't really know what I'm doing. And I don't even know how to make it all fit. What would you tell that person? Where would you have them start? And kind of what advice would you give them? Yeah. The first thing I would say is that being overwhelmed doesn't mean you're failing because we all feel overwhelmed. Even super successful people have days where they're feeling overwhelmed and just knocked off course. Yeah. (laughs) So it's okay. And then I would say, what is the overwhelmed feeling? Like what kind of, what is it trying to tell you? Like what kind of red flag is that? It could just be, I need to go to bed earlier, or it could be like, I need more help. I need to hire some help or get some more childcare, or it could be, I need to say no to some things, but I would pay attention to what is this trying to tell me and what kind of change would decrease the overwhelm. And always when you're clear on what's important, it's much easier to completely scale back and be like, okay, what are like my Mm non-negotiables? Sometimes when I'm overwhelmed, I'm trying to figure out what is that feeling coming from and what, like, pair back down to the non-negotiables. So describe what a non-negotiable is for people who don't don't understand what you mean by that. Yeah, and it's going to be different for everybody. But what's most, most, most important to you, like at the end of the, it could be month or at the end of the year, what are the things that you'll be glad that you invested in? For most people, your family and your close relationships are going to be a non-negotiable. And sometimes non-negotiables are so ambiguous that they don't often make their way into our calendar. Yes. And so you need to be really clear on them and know that your priorities are honoring those non-negotiables and that they're going into your calendar first. And so when you're overwhelmed, like you know that as long as you have your family and you're, let's say, feeling passionate about your work, maybe those are two non-negotiables for you. As long as you have those two things, you're going to be okay. And so you can start like pairing back some things if you need to. Absolutely. And for those of you guys who are like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how that would look. One of the things that I started doing with Sarah's planner was to actually time block time for my family and Mm -hmm. for God. So those were two of my priorities. So aside from my nine to five, right? God, my family, and my business were my top three priorities. And so I made sure that they were on my calendar every single day. And I worked my stuff around those things to make sure that they didn't accidentally get bumped off. And so in my opinion, what my non-negotiables were, 
is sometimes I had to be a little bit flexible. Like, let's say my husband's car broke down. And so the time that I had to spend with him did not happen at the time that it was planned. Okay, that happens, right? Like things get derailed. And so sometimes when you're in the middle of planning, one little thing blows off your plan and then you're just like, this doesn't work. I'm not going to even try it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that really worked for me was to take my non-negotiables and those were moved to another part of the day. Mm. But anything else that maybe had to get bumped to the another day got bumped but my non-negotiables got moved to another part of that day. And I think that helps because you have to go into this when you plan anticipating that things are not going to go as beautifully as your perfect pink pen says that they're going to write. Like, and that's one of the things, like, I really struggled with this because I would get this plan and I'd get into my office and then all of a sudden my coworkers would start talking to me. And all of a sudden I'm behind a half an hour on my to-do list and it gets stressed out. And so I'm like, this isn't working. And so you have to go into it with a buffer. You have to know what your non-negotiables are. Be willing to play around with that, but knowing that they stay on your day. And the other Mm -hmm. thing that I found, Sarah, and I don't know if if I'm alone in this, but I hate writing things in pen because I hate like crossing them out. But (laughs) my friend Bailey was like, girl, you just need to get yourself some colored pens. And it's (laughs) cute when you cross it off because it's still pretty. And I'm like, all right, you're right. And I totally agree. Like I have these cute (laughs) colored pens and they make my planner fun. Yes. And so I don't have to be quite as perfect. I don't have to be just right. I'm making it more playful. And I think that that helps as a stress reliever as well. Yes. Just get a cute little sticker and stick it right over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Any other kind of fun little ways to use your planner and kind of have some fun with it? Oh, I love stickers. Oh, and this year um, I came out with washi tape which I love washi tape too, (laughs) because like, especially when you have something really fun, you're looking forward to like a vacation or a date night. Yeah. It's just like, throw some washi tape on there. It like really stands out when you look at your week. And a lot of people I've been realizing that a lot of people use their planner as like a a family keepsake that they're going to pass down. And kids will be able to look back and see how did their mom plan even their meals, something a little small like that, but their memories for them. And so to just have those cute little things in there, I think will be fun to look back at. Oh my gosh. That's so much fun. Any other last minute advice before I ask you a question that I want you to be able to give my audience a a little insight on? You know, I think just that if it doesn't go, if your week doesn't go as planned, or if you end up crossing things off in your planner, or you try to time block and it did not work, just try it again. Yeah. Just try it again because it is hard work to rewire your brain and think a new way and to create a new habit. And you can do it. You can figure it out. Just keep trying. A hundred percent, you guys. And I want you to listen to Sarah because she's so wise in this. And it does take time to create a habit. And so stick with it. Know that my you know advice for time management might not work for you. So you have to figure out what works for you. But I do want you to try to stick something out for a full quarter. So give it 90 days. Give it the chance to work and be able to pivot and figure out what works for you specifically. But it's definitely worth the effort. So Sarah, I'm going to put all of the amazing links to your social, to the planner, to all of the things in the show notes. But before we leave, I want you to give our audience a coaching question that they can think about and ponder until next week when I speak with them again. Mm, Okay. I love the question, what else? Just that, like what else? It could be, you know, you're thinking through ways around an obstacle Mm -hmm. just to keep asking like what else, what else, what other options are there? 
And to keep asking that, you might be planning a birthday party and just ask yourself, what else? Like some really creative, fun ideas Mm. come when you ask it at least three times. Answer it at least three times. What else? That's great because you're right. You're going to be bringing out so much creativity and problem solving than you didn't even realize that you had. So that's Mm -hmm. such great advice, girl. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing your planners, sharing your time management ideas with us and for just inspiring so many people. Thanks, Lachelle. Thanks for listening. And if you know that you are made for more and you are tired of being held back and ready to get unstuck and step boldly into life that you're meant to live, head on over to LachelleWeeMe.com, request an appointment, and be ready for me to walk alongside of you personally to help you step boldly into the life that you are meant to live. I'll be back next week, but before you go, don't forget to hit subscribe and enjoy these imperfect outtakes.